when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sari Delamont with you here today. How is it going? I am having chemo number two as you probably listen to this as it drops on Friday. And so far, so good. Thank you for all of your warm wishes and well wishes and all of the cards and different things that you've sent. They have really buoyed my spirits. And I'm just really so grateful for this community. So many of you that I didn't even know listen to the podcast, reaching out through Facebook and other means. It's just it just really means a lot. So thank you for that. You know, it could really make me feel better. You know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Give me a review. We need to get those reviews up over at iTunes. And if you've read the book, of course, go to trialguides.com and give me a review there. Thank you so much in advance. Well, today we're talking about who owns your client. You know, this came up in a recent H2H Wadir circle. And if you don't know what H2H is or the H2H crew, that is our paid uh, membership where you can work with me um, throughout the month in a variety of different scenarios, along with two other coaches. And we'll be adding more coaches as we continue to grow. It's the H2H crew, and we reopen in April. Go to fromhostagehero.com to add yourself to the wait list. But we had a voir dire circle where we have four attorneys come in and present their voir dire and get coached by me. And when I'm coaching voir dire, I I often hear the following, which is what today's podcast episode is all about. And that is my client suffered a brain injury or the plaintiff was injured or or certain phrases like that. My client, the plaintiff, so on and so forth. And I cautioned the person who was conducting their voir dire this last week to not use that type of language. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about why that is. You know, this is very similar to why I often ask my attorney clients to not use names in stories, for example, because when you tell a story about someone, that story is about them. And if you've been around here long enough, you know that I believe that the case is never about your client, and it's certainly not about you. It's always about the jury. Everything we do is for them. Everything we tell them should reflect back in their minds about them and how it fits their life or how it affects them. Everybody listens to WIFM, What's In It For Me, including jurors. And so when you're telling a story, for example, and you're using the names of your client or even the names of the defendant, what you're saying is this is a story about someone else. So that's why I always recommend when you're telling the story in your opening um, that at the beginning, before you've introduced names, eventually you introduce names, of course, but I'm talking about in my template, the defendant's story, the story of what happened, what got us here. I always like for my clients to do that without names. So the driver of the car or um, the person walking down the street or whatever it may be. 
And that's because the jurors can then insert themselves into the story. If they hear about, you know, a 95-year-old grandfather, they think about their grandfather or themselves if they are a grandfather. But if they hear Jim Smith, then the story is now about Jim Smith. So I believe I do have a whole podcast on this, the storytelling podcast. If you go back, not a podcast, a podcast episode, um, and and search for that, you can find more details on that. But that leads me to my conversation I want to have with you today about who owns your client, because language matters. How we talk in voir dire or in opening or in trial colors how the jury feels. And in that way... Word choice is nonverbal. You know that nonverbal communication is my specialty, and I'm always looking for how my attorney clients are showing up, how they're coming across, what's getting in their way, and so forth. And word choice is one of the things that can easily get in your way if you're not careful. So if we go back to the, the example of when you are saying, my client What's happening in that situation is you are now taking ownership of your client, and I don't want you to do that. Why? Well, because the people who we want to own your client, and more importantly, own the issues, is the jury. When you have ownership of your client, there two things happen. When it's early in the process, you are tainted, as we know right? The fact that you're a lawyer, much less a plaintiff trial attorney, means you are not looked at very kindly (laughs) at the beginning of the process. Jurors believe that you're the reason why they're here, even though we know that it's the reason the defense is the reason they're here because they refuse to take responsibility, but the jurors don't get that. They believe since you filed the suit that it's your, your, you're the reason that they are there as hostages. And They don't like you for that very reason at the beginning of the process. So one of the the backfire pieces of this, if you use the term my client in voir dire, is that you attach yourself to the victim here. And we want the victim to remain clean. Okay, we don't want them contaminized, contaminated um, by your icky plaintiff lawyerness, which of course I do not believe, but we're dealing with real jurors and we know that tort reform has done a number on them. So that's that's one reason why we don't want to use my client because we don't want them to be associated with you. But the second reason I think is more important, which is this, this piece of ownership. Because when you say my client, it's like you own that person. And in some ways, in, in some odd ways, if you think about it, it's like they're protected by you. And I would like you to conduct your voir dire in such a way that the person who was injured, which is what I, the language I like to use, um, if that's the, the case, in the case that you're working, which most of our cases are, the person who's injured, It now feels that they are alone in the world. The person who was injured. You're going to learn that the person who was injured in this case suffered a brain injury. Or you're going to learn that the person who was injured in this case formerly worked as a nurse. Now, notice what that language does when you hear it. It gives up ownership and it, and it, it allows the jury to take ownership of your client and to come in and put 
protect them and put their blanket of protection over the juror or over the client because the client is now on their own. They're the person that was injured. They're there asking for the jury's help. In fact, when you really think about this, the jury is the one who should own your client in terms of this ownership we're talking about with language, not you. You are the conduit here. You are the person that represents your client in that you are the one telling the story and bringing that forward. But the people who will come and protect and surround and lift up and make meaningful are the jurors. It is on them to surround your client. And they can't do that when you use language like my client. You need to give your client and the issues in your case, which is what the whole premise of H2H is all about, over to the jury. You need to trust them with that. And that starts with your language. Let the jury own the plaintiff. And that brings us to the second thing. I don't want you using legal words like the plaintiff. That just reminds us that there is a legal process here and that someone is complaining, right? And it's just, it, it, the word itself just screams legal and legalese and someone suing and someone complaining. And that is not what I want either. When we're in the voir dire process, and I always do what I call an issue-oriented voir dire with my clients, where we look at the issues in the case and we think to ourselves, what would a ideal juror believe about these issues? And then we create questions to find out where those people are. And yes, in that process, we also get rid of our bad jurors. But in that process, we want jurors to really take ownership of the themes in the case, and we want them to hold the, the, the belief that this person should not have been injured. And when we use words like plaintiff, right, it just brings them back into the courtroom. It brings them back into this, this process of, oh, this greedy person wanting money. No, use language that says things like the injured person or the person who was injured or the person who, who suffered an injury, whatever that word is, so that they remain out there open to be claimed by the jury because that's the best thing that could happen here is that you prevent, present the story to the jury of this person who was wrongfully injured by no fault of their own and now needs the jury's help and in that situation, the jurors are, are ready and willing when you do all the other things, of course, to step up and take ownership and say, we'll fix this. But the minute you get your mittens all over it, my client this and plaintiff that, now it becomes, a, oh, this is between you and the other guy. And we have to decide who's right. Leave the plaintiff out there a little bit. Let them, not the actual plaintiff, but the word plaintiff, the actual, the actual idea of the client. Let them be out there alone. Let the jury see that loneliness. Let the jury see the need to come in and to, to protect this person by changing your language. The jury is the one that needs to own your client, not you. Well, it's a short one today. 
I'm going to blame my cancer. No, <laughs> kind of. I've got a little bit of chemo brain going on. So I'm going to end that one there. Again, ask for reviews. Should you have them for me, please? Those make me so happy when I get them. So thank you in advance. And just know that this community, this H2H community, whether it's you podcast listeners or those of you in the Free From Hostage to Hero Facebook group or you crew members, you are just making this entire process one that I am thriving in because I know I have this community of support and I just want to thank you yet again. All right, we'll talk soon, my friends. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to FromHostageToHero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then.